You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Let's just get stuck in. Yeah, I think we should talk. No need to waste. No, what are we waiting for? Uh, We're waiting for that better, better, better. And that bass. <laughs> there it is there, yeah. There it is. That bass guy. Okay, you've done your work there, fella. You can go now. Yeah. And uh, the band will be leaving soon. They come in, mm. they set up, they mm. do their little thing. Why they go, hey, it's the afternoon here on 3, triple RFM, 12.01 and uh, 50 seconds, but who's yep. counting? Big thanks to the scientists. Excellence as always. Excellence in oral science. Yes. Floating all around us. It's everywhere, it's everywhere. Um, it is. Science is all around us. Some of us don't... Uh, <laughs> don't pay much heed to it. No, or uh, contestant. But uh, I'll just go diving on the Great Barrier Reef. And that's right. Declare it all safe. Oh wow! But we shan't. Wow! We shan't the go hand down comes that up. hole. Matt goes. Whoa! What have I done? We've gone too far with that. No, you haven't. Uh, it is the triple R kind of experience. Mm. It is the afternoon. What an afternoon it is! Why would you want to leave your radio with uh, with great shows coming up? Even after us, we'll keep you company. We, we promise. will. We will indeed, and um, hopefully we will. Uh, Get your senses moving, get them going, and boy, have we got some uh, from people. We've got uh, some things, food for thought. Yes. Um, looking at um, at different issues we've got coming up on the show. We've got the corn dog, Richard Cornish, one of the great minds and writers of food in this country. I would say to you, I would agree. He wrote. He writes obviously for not obviously, but he does write for the Fairfax Press, a uh, weekly column. But he also wrote a book recently called My Year Without Meat. Yes, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about. Um, There's a context here. There is because again, we saw again in the last what week or two weeks news of critters being very poorly treated. Yeah, we're talking about Riverside Meat, and mm. uh, we we're going there. I guess it's yeah. <laughs> we, we're, yeah. we're going there. So yeah. uh, with the help of Richard, um, um, a great mind to talk about these sort of things, we're going yes. to do that. Then we will be going to John at The Market. Mm. And um, how was John today? He's in a pretty good mood. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> how was he? No, was no, he comfy today? Was no, he? he was pretty good. Okay. He needed coffee. Yes. Um, I gave him a piece of crostily. Good. So that's and thank you for the crostily, which you brought in again. Thank you. There will be uh, a continuing theme of crostily, and the magic word for the uh, for the hour is crostily. You brought in a Florentine too, which lasted about seven seconds in my presence. I just yeah. demolished it. And dare I say it, one of the great things in the morning, I love pastry and coffee mm. in the morning because yes. there's mm. just this synergy of flavors that mm. get developed. And to have a Florentine in your mouth, that's chocolate and sort of caramelly mm. and fruity, and then all of a sudden bathe it in coffee, you just go... This is okay. Yes, life is good. This is okay. And just like that Florentine that is rich and, and, and just, just wonderful, mm. we also have Danny Valant. Yes. Who uh, shall be talking, um, well, whatever she damn well pleases to. <laughs> yes. uh, we're going to actually talk about, is the dinner party dead? She says no. Really? Yeah. And, really? Uh, we've got ways to uh, help make uh, an undertaking which can be incredibly stressful mm. for some people. Yes. Like, really freakingly, incredibly stressful. Especially if you've got, like, six-plus guests and more than one course. Yeah. Well, as most dinner parties do, I guess. Well, you, you'd hope there'd be more than one, wouldn't you? you yeah, you'd be a bit stingy, wouldn't you, if you yeah. invited everyone around and... So, yeah, anyway, Danny's going to come in and uh, we are going to do that. But before we do, before we venture into this foodie <laughs> type of thing, um, we have to acknowledge a few things. The first one being... Uh, something wonderful mm -hmm. happened at the State Library and continues to happen at the State Library. This is true. So the on-air 40 Years of Triple R exhibition... 40 years! 40 years! 40 that, years! You know what I didn't... I learned something at what? the opening. Um, mm. I didn't realise the genesis of that exhibition was the flood that we had here at Triple R because the, the waters, yes. when Triple R flooded earlier in the year, got very, very close to the archive where, <gasps> where all this stuff was kept. Oh, my God. They're, they're sandbagging. I can imagine no, the Triple R stuff sandbagging I heard, madly. I heard stories of Brian Driscoll literally drilling holes in the floor to drain the water to save all the archives. So... 
Um, that was the genesis of saying, well, you know what? This probably isn't the greatest place to store all of this stuff. How about we just donate it all over to the library? Who were very happy to have it. And oh, look at that! It's the fortieth birthday. Let's 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 get it all out on show for a couple of months. So that was the genesis of it. Can I just ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Where would this station be without? Brian, the back-announcing <laughs> bastard Driscoll. And hello, Brian, if you're listening. Quite seriously. Yes. God, you are the glue that keeps this place together. Yes. And, that's, and maybe that's the thing that personifies this station, is that there are so many people who, it's a cliche, but are so passionate about this place. This is true. And, uh, and maybe by coming over to the State Library, you can get a feeling of that because you can see how over the years, the decades, that so many passionate people have come, stepped up to these microphones, yes. but yes. also have worked behind the microphones yes, to, uh, to keep this thing going. So anyway, okay, so it's uh, on for, uh, to reiterate. Re- free entry. So it's just at the front there at the State Library. Um, In the Murdoch Gallery. Get on down. Using his powers for good. Yes. That, which, which Murdoch is that? I don't know which Murdoch it it's is. It's not the Rupert Murdoch Gallery, is it? It could. I don't know. No. Anyway, so anyway, State Library, what a place that is. What a great institution and what a great um, uh, synergy. Um, just yeah. a, a, a great... It, it just... They seem it's a good fit. It is a great fit. Some other cool stuff happening Go. for Triple R's 40th birthday. I'm sure you've been hearing them, the 40s in 40 days broadcast. So every day at 4 p.m. Oh, yeah. We're focusing on um, a specific year of Triple R's history. Poor Chris Atzis, who's still stuck in a production studio at the back there. He hasn't been out for months. Yeah. He's been creating these documents. What's really cool, though, so if you're like me, I can't really listen to Triple R at 4 p.m. on every day because I'm at work, yeah. So dare I say, you are a time-shifting kind of guy. Here's what you can do, Ken. Yes. You oh. can either go to the Triple R website and listen to Radio On Demand and listen to them back, or just Website, go- Radio On Demand, mm. listen to them back. Okay, I'm just writing that down. Yes, or... just or- go to Triple R's SoundCloud and you'll see them all there in chronological order. How does one, if one's like, you know, uh, not very good at these things, mm-hmm. where, where do you find the Triple R SoundCloud? Uh, Google 3RRR space SoundCloud and you'll go right there. Say that again. 3RRR mm. SoundCloud. Boom. And you'll be right there. Boom. The other thing also, and I'm banging on, I, I realise, but the other cool thing that's coming okay. up for the 40th birthday is there are some talks, some Triple R specialist talks oh. about the history of the station, including one Cameron Smith who will be, uh, <laughs> be... Be the bunny in the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've, and you know what's kind of weird? I was thinking about this. I've done so many gigs. Yes. Like, I've done a lot of MC sort of stuff. Yes. But I've never actually done a gig just talking about myself. Oh, really? Reflecting on that, going, this is kind of weird. Because usually I've got... Someone hands me a script and I go, right, okay. Have you been practicing yeah. in front of a mirror? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of really, really odd. I'm thinking, I've got to actually just come up and talk about... Me. Yes. That's good. So to see someone, the bunny in the headlight, if you want to come, uh, when do they do that? So it's Tuesday week. Um, so Jonathan Alley's this week. So Thursday this week, Jonathan Alley's down there. That is one you want to go and see. I would agree. Actually, they're all really good. They're Phoebe all good. Squared, when she Phoebe on? Squared is on uh, 25th of January, so the other side of the New Year. Sister you BB is on yeah. uh, Tuesday after you. But uh, Tuesday week, so the 6th of December, you're on. I believe it's 5 o'clock down there at the State Library. It's free, but you do need to get online and register, I think. God, there's only four of us. I wonder why I was picked. It's a mystery, isn't it? It is. You see the sort of company I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, like, following Jonathan Alley. I mean, yes. shit, man. Yeah, there's a tough gig. I'm not worthy. Hi, I'm Cam. Yeah, Jonathan was brilliant. But lots of cool stuff. Yes. Check it out. Yeah, it's um, it's very, very good. It is uh, 12.10. Mm. Gosh, look at us eating into the time. Uh, we need to get to the corndog and uh, have a chat to him. But uh, Matt has curated some interesting stings for us to listen to. Uh, yes, yeah, so some sponsorship announcements. We'll talk to Richard just after this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. 12, 12. Oh, look at the synchronicity on that. And a man who always shows great synchronicity and erudition, shall we say. And uh, I do mean that. Richard Cornish, a very, very good afternoon to you. Oh, I could keep it down over there, would you? <laughs> Hang on, sorry, mate. I'm just I, I'm trying to. I'm, in, I'm just having uh, breakfast at a uh, European. Just trying to find a, a quiet place in the city to have this conversation. I really and, uh, Yes. I, <laughs> so I'm standing in the Chinese Garden above Parliament Station. Oh, I know where you are. Just, yeah, with the yeah. lions. You're. It, Richard Cornish with the Lions. Yeah, okay, keep it down. Hey, yeah, yeah keep it well, down. This is, uh, this is Triple R. Yeah, watch out for uh, magpies too. They might swoop you. No, it's seagulls. They feasted on last night's vomit from the nightclub uh, <laughs> in, uh, expungement. Yeah, nice. Those carrots go great sure. down the second time, don't they? 
Sorry, mate. Sorry, our listeners. It is um, it is um, like brunch time in Melbourne. Uh, and uh, it was good to see you the other night uh, for the opening. Uh, sorry, one of the previews of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival came. It was a sensational evening that uh, that not only twenty people got invited to. Well, we were we were one of the lucky ones, and actually, it was sort of billed as sort of people who have. Uh, Hung around uh, the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> We're sort of the survivors, aren't we? <laughs> it was funny, Natalie O'Brien, yes. uh, who is the CEO of the uh, Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, got up and basically recounted the last quarter of a century of, of, of achievements that uh, that its institution has put on. And, and basically, we looked around at all these greying, sad old greying foodies like Max Allen, yourself and myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and we've been there with Max Allen has poured the wine of the world's longest lunch. Longest place, lunch. One, yes. 25 years ago. I think you've hosted almost every single event over that period of time. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I've been there in, in the background organising a few little uh, little um, silly little events. Oh, and listen to you. Uh, the self-deprecating Richard Cornish. Now, you're an integral part of it and... Um, but that was great, and I guess what we should do for people to know is the fact that there are some really, really great events, and as uh, great events are, there's demand for them. The bookings are open. Uh, bookings go to, are open. Yeah, and go and have a look and avail yourself to that because uh, with the um, uh, the whole um, naming of the, the best restaurant in the world, because they're all going to be here in Melbourne, it's going to be kind of an extraordinary time in Melbourne at that time. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, so this is uh, so it's April uh, next year, and already I am getting uh, emails from chefs from around the world yeah. uh, saying, uh, "Richard, you know, will you be there? What's to see? You know, can we hook up? Really? Uh, can we hook up? Wow, really? Yeah, can we hook up? Really? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what that means? Yeah. You know, there's a new context for that word, Richard. No, 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 that's cool. I've, I've, I've met them online. This is this. Uh, <laughs> oh, do they seem alright? Is, is this when you've been swiping right for chefs? <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's good. There's, there's, um, there's, there's a chef uh, coming. She's coming out of Hong Kong. She's desperate to see the other uh, hot places in Melbourne. Okay, and is desperate to hook up with Richard. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of dangerous Szechuan's going to be going on. I think. Oh, hey, um, okay. Let's um, okay. Let's uh, turn it to serious. Tickets are on sale, and I think the website is www.melbournefoodandwine.com.au. Um, I'm personally, because I work with my Vita group, and uh, they have put on... They're taking over Hosea Lane. Oh, that's going to be great. Putting, yes. Yeah, the, the Hosea Lane band, as much tapas as you can eat, uh, and lots of free-flowing uh, beer from a rich in Barcelona. And yes. They're, they're, no, that's, it's a massive operation to close up the street in Melbourne, unless, unless you're building a new tunnel under it. But, um, oh, then, then, uh, you can, then as many trees as you want to take down is fine. Yeah, don't, there's no, no trees left in Hosea Lane. There's about four foot of graffiti in Hosea Lane. Actually, it's getting hard to walk through Hosea Lane. There's that much graffiti on the walls. <laughs> but, they, but the delivery trucks are struggling to get through. Because of the paint sticking out from the walls. Oh, exactly. Yes, yeah, textured. Yes, it is, it is totally textured. Okay, well, that's going to be something to look out for. And also, um, uh, the great thing, I don't know who books the bands for that, but I remember there was, last time uh, I saw that happening, there was this sort of surreal, crazy gypsy band that was uh, in the lane. No, those tech, tech ensemble, they are sensational. I love them. Yes. Yes, rather rather good. All right, let's, um, let's turn our minds to um, serious things. We're going to flick the switch. Um, there has been outrage um, across uh, the media, across social media, um, at uh, Riverside Meats uh, due to some, well, extraordinarily cruel practices which were documented, not inspected, but documented and released. Um, and uh, there have been some incredible ramifications flowing through from that, have there not? Yeah, uh, Animals Australia got, were given some footage to distribute by animal activists. Mm. So this is coming from, okay, let's look at the left and the right. This is the far left of the of the, um, of the food industry. Yes. People who really uh, do not want to have uh, animal products as part of the, of the food chain. Yes. And uh, so they've uh, they've got inside the abattoir, they've filmed some uh, some really horrific practices. Like, this is, this is just, uh, I won't... I, it disturbed me. I grew up in the farm. We killed our own animals on the farm. Mm. And this sickened me because just the, the, the complete lack of humanity, uh, the complete lack of respect by the people committing uh, the, um, the act, not, not, only, not only to the animals, but to themselves. How can a human yeah, right. be so low? Yes. Anyway, so 
so that's caused the outrage, and I'll, I'll move away now from a specific yeah. event, now talking in general. Yes. It is allowed to happen, Cam, because the meat industry does not own that whole realm of death or killing in the meat industry. It's actually owned by its opponents. And the reason why is the meat industry refuses to use the word death, kill, slaughter. Instead, it uses the word uh, process, yes. uh, and which is a euphemism for what actually goes on in the kill box. And, and I've been to abattoirs, never seen an animal willingly uh, want to go in there into the kill box. No. I won't go into graphics now. No. Um, but it's just the fact that the meat industry, the meat industry does not own the very core of its business, which is the kill box, which is kill, death, slaughter, mm. instead of using those euphemisms, which allows, which allows uh, animal activists to own that realm. They own the language of death and slaughter uh, and dying. And, and so it's this, this, this dilemma that we, this ongoing dilemma this, uh, that, we, that the meat industry has, and therefore any meat consumer has, uh, in, 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 uh, in meat itself, because we can't actively discuss uh, what's going on in the meat industry inside, you know, to reform it, because the language isn't there yet. The meat industry is not using language to be able to reform itself. But we've we've always kind of done it. We've always resiled from that looking straight into it. I remember there was what was that poem that was? Um, uh, why did the lobster blush? Why did the lobster blush? Because it saw the salad dressing, and okay. and within that is just this really innocent sort of thing. Why did the lobster blush? Because it saw the salad dressing. <laughs> Actually, the lobster blushed because it had been plunged into boiling water and caused it to to die okay and and maybe you know it, that's sort of an example of the fact is how we run a million miles away from the very reality and what we do for we omnivores i'm not saying just can't cannibals but for we omnivores to sustain our own lives with uh animal-based amino acids okay yeah no, no i suppose you know the, the joke wouldn't read as well in the um the penguin, uh, silly verse for kids, you know, if it's, it's cash in, the, in that way. Mm. We use euphemism all the time. So, so that's, that's, that's the heart, that's the heart of, the, the, heart of the, the, if we want better ethics for the treatment of animals, I really think we're going to use the, the language, uh, that is accurate. We do not use euphemism. A very, mm. very good mate of mine, uh, I'll, I'll name him, uh, Neil Prentice, uh, he grows the best grass-fed wagyu in Australia, in my humble opinion, yes. and he, until recently, has been using the word process, or go sending the animals to meet Daisy. To meet Daisy, he is now that's this right. Week, yeah. yeah, and he, will now, he now uses the word kill and slaughter because he thinks it's now, okay, it's now time to actually embrace the, the proper terms so we can move ahead and, and, you know, and if we want to have reform of um, uh, be able to control what goes on with the entire chain of animal production from birth to feed, uh, to transport, to slaughter. We've got to use the to correct slaughter. language. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But what's, what's coming up this, what's coming up now, uh, Cam, is people come to me, you know, write that book, uh, My Year Without Me. My Year Without yes. Sorry. <laughs> my Year Without Me. And, um, and so people come to me and say, you know, I want to eat ethically. How do I get ethical meat? And I have to pose the question back to people: What is your ethics? Where where do you stand? You know, <laughs> okay. yeah, right back at you. Okay. What, yes, know, because I think it's you know my ethics are different to your ethics. You know, if you look at it from the pig or uh, cow or chicken's perspective, ethically, you know, is it okay for them to die for you to feed them? You know, is it ethical to put it? It's a three-point plan. It's a three-point um, relationship. What's the animal, yes. the consumer, yes. the farmer, the farmer stroke uh, process of stroke transport. And in that equation, Cam, you've got to ask yourself, is, it, is there something in it for the animal? And, if, you know, and, and, and mm. are you happy for an animal to be raised in the shed or outside? Mm. Uh, is that size is it going to be comfortable? Is it free from prey? Is it getting the right litter, you know, the, the right bedding? Is it getting the right roosting? Is it getting what it needs to be the animal to express itself in, in the true terms of that animal's, you know, DNA? If you're happy with that, then look at the processor. You know, are you happy with or the way it's transported? Are you happy with the, pro way it's, by the way it's slaughtered? Are you happy with, with the ethics of that, of, of that slaughter? For example, uh, there's a really good um, free-range chicken mm. uh, that's on the market. Uh, unfortunately, the owner of that 
uh, of that company was being investigated by the federal police because they were importing illegal immigrants to work at their factory uh, to process yes. the, uh, the free-range chicken. Yes. So at that point, what's in it for them? What's in it for those illegal workers who are being mistreated? Yeah. What's in it for the... the What's in it for the, you know, the fact that, that that owner has then you know, denigrated the law and his company? And, he, and, and then you've got to look at, is it, and if you've got a really good farmer, a really, really, really good slaughter yard, but the meat doesn't taste any good, and then there's nothing in it for you. Is it too expensive for what you're getting? That's right. Because so that's, that's a big thing. If I can just cut across you, that's another thing. It's like um, I, I'm sure that there's people that, maybe don't make a lot of money that can't afford to eat an ethically raised animal, if you know what I mean. That that yeah. that becomes a consideration. Maybe it's a cop-out yeah. in one way, but but that's another thing that, you know, maybe people can't afford to go and, like, go to a farmer's market and get some of Neil Prentice's wonderfully raised and killed animals. Oh, you won't, you won't ever see any of Neil Prentice's... Um animals in the farmer's market because he believes that farmer's markets are another form of cartel. Okay, put that can of worms <laughs> back in the ground or feed some of them to the seagulls and let's keep going. Because uh, I, I, don't, I don't think any question is black or white. It's no, it's not. shades of grey. It isn't, yeah. yeah. But, but on that, can you afford it? Yeah, yes. well, you know, can you afford it? Can you afford it? And that's, you know, yeah, exactly. Can you afford it? Can you afford it? Can you, you know, do, does, if your family, uh, what do you go without? Which, you know, in your budget, where does that sit in your budget? You yeah. know, how does that work? Is it, is it more important that your family gets pro animal protein than it does for the welfare of the animal or the transport or the processor, et cetera, et cetera? You know, it's, it's, it's every person's ethics are different. And it's one of those things that eventually comes in the outrageous fear that we live in, that a lot of the times when the fingers get pointed uh, at people, um, here's the cliche that there are many fingers pointing back towards that person or your, your very self. Yeah, yep. It's not easy, but I think you've got to find somewhere. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting journey to go on to actually find out where your food comes from. Yeah. And ask those, ask those questions. And, and a hats off to Matthew Evans and SBS for their recent show on uh, animal ethics. Yep. I help me out here, Cam, I've forgotten its name. Uh, uh, the cooks, uh, the chef, uh, I've forgotten it. Uh, I've, 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 got, I've got nothing. Matt, it is, Matt, do you know? You work in media? I'm, yeah. just, I'm just Googling it now. Um, yeah, Matt, do you know? Uh, we're looking up, and I guess the great thing about Matthew Evans, for those that don't know, you know, the great uh, restaurant critic who became farmer and uh, a friend of other farmers down there, travelled around the island with Nick Haddad, actually, the great cheesemaker. And Matt's got the name of the show. It is called For the Love of Meat. For the Love of Meat. Matthew Evans. Yeah, check that out on, um, on SBS On Demand. Yeah. It's worth having a look at. If you're in this position where, you, where you're questioning where meat comes from, even if you're a vegetarian, yes. it's really interesting to see uh, vegan. It's really interesting to, to be able to have this conversation uh, to educate, uh, educate each other. And mm. we, we do this as a society. And eventually we'll find a position where, uh, uh, you know, where are we happy for the welfare of animals? Where does it sit? And mm. society, and that's where. And where does it sit with yeah. each person? I suppose too, isn't it? That we have to do that. I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to see the standard raised, and so uh, I'd love to see the standard raised. So we've got a really, really good tasting product on the table that people can afford that's nutritious. Yeah. Uh, and which the people who have um, who have gone about um, putting the supermarket shelves are paid well. The people who are um, who have killed and and eviscerated uh, an animal are paid well. The dri truck drivers are paid well, and there's something in it for the farmer because. If farmers don't have a, a good income, then we're going to lose. We're going to lose them. Yeah. Or and there's got to be something in it for the animal, the chicken, the pig, uh, the deer, whatever animal we're looking at. There's got to be something in it for them uh, as well. They're going to have a they have a, a good life, good death. Richard Cornish dreaming the impossible dream here on oh, Sunday. Well, I'm not offering solutions. I'm asking. No, no. And and you do, and you and you pose them well. And uh, we thank you for your input here. Uh, in the morning, uh, are you beating off the seagulls? <laughs> no, it's the Indian miners are coming in. They're ah. picking up the smaller pieces that the, that the seagulls have missed. Oh God! Okay, the uh, the detritus of Saturday night that Richard <laughs> is involved with. It is uh, wonderful to talk to you. Great to see you at the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. The uh, the dinner, the survivors' dinner. Um, Sensational food. Can I just say? Oh yes. That, uh, Go on. 
the uh, David, the, 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 the chef from Embla. Yeah. He's one of the, yes, he does a sensational, oh, he does a sensational job. His food was just sensational. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was, and, and if you're uh, lucky enough, book in, eat this food, and uh, and marvel at it. Richard, we've got to let you go, the, buddy. Okay, I'll speak to you later on. There's a big tra- oh, watch out for the tram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got the Indian miner. Okay. Yeah. 1227, 1228 here on 3RRFM. We're a little late, but we're just going to say 2016 was a bloody awful year for uh, music. Bloody Bloody oh, awful. Jesus, and yeah. Compounded uh, last weekend with the sad passing of Sharon Jones. Um... Yeah, an amazing artist. And there's only one thing we can do mm. um, is uh, the hit, the play, and um, and relish and and reflect on on a great life cut short. And yeah. uh, that's sad, but uh, what a legacy! Yeah. Hit it. There we go. We're going to start this whole thing by breaking bread. John and I are just standing here, communing with the urban environment. Yes, we are. It's it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, sorry, I, there's no sunshine on my shoulder today, is there? No, not yet. But I brought some crossley. That's beautiful crossley. It's, it's good stuff. There's a slight vanilla. Smell yeah. of vanilla sugar. A good crossley's got a little bit of vanilla. Yes. If you're Maybe. lazy, just a little bit of vanilla essence. But if you can use a real thing, sometimes lemon too. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Crossley's good. It's one of those things I reckon. For a light breakfast, for something so you get something in your tummy with, uh, you know, per alimentari with the coffee, which you're hanging out for. How can you have a light breakfast with them, mate? You've bought, you've bought a tray for them. Well, now, the way we do it is if you make yourself latte cafe, which is milk and coffee, yeah. the whole lot disappears. So they're definitely not a light breakfast, my friend. All right, well, no, the good thing is I've got Matt who's going to have some, so he's probably had some with his coffee. If they make it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny yeah. Valant, wonderful writer and everything like that, that's to offer her some. Hopefully we haven't eaten them all by the way. But yeah. anyway, we, we've gone on the whole crostily tangent. Um, here we are at the market. Uh, there's a few people. It's not really a big day, is it? Not yet. It's, no. um, it's a lazy morning, as usual. Yeah. yeah. Last uh, few months has been like that every day of the week. Lazy mornings. Yes. People are uh, doing what they got to do, and then they come to the market and go bang and buy their veggies. Bada boom, bada bang, bada bang. So you know we've been busy from lunchtime onwards, which is not something I like, but we deal with it because it's, I'd rather be busy early and then taper off. And then taper off rather mm. than go to this crescendo at the end, which is sort of what it's about. But you know the one thing that I did notice uh, walking up is that. Everything's looking beautiful. I mean, there's some magnificent-looking produce out there that oh, I walk past. Produce and fruit. Yeah. You know how we've always said that a little bit of rain and a little bit of sunshine, yeah. the ground gets oxygenated, the sunshine warms the soil, yeah. and everything says, oh, I'm alive. Yeah. And they jump up out of the ground, and they keep growing and growing and growing. And that's why everything is pristine. I think the only thing... It's probably still a little bit expensive. Mm. There's a lot of things that are harder to crop, like peas and beans and um, things like that. You've got two grades of them. It's not often you have two grades of beans out. Well, I've got the last of the Queensland, which are a few days older than um, what we normally sell. We normally sell fresh, hot off the press. Yes. And then we got the first of the Victorian beans out of North Victoria. Ooh. Yes. So... They're not my favourite variety, you know, we keep having this discussion with my customers. Some like them squeaky, I like them softer and sweeter. So, you know, everyone has their thoughts and problems and we deal with it so everyone gets what they want. Yeah, and the worst thing you can do, especially as a seller, is define the market within your own terms. Well, yeah. You've got to respect what people want. Oh, definitely, because I'm not always right. I've learned that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hank, what did you just say? Yeah, I get reminded every day. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you can rewind. Get a tape of that, rewind (laughs) it, play it. But, yes, that's true. It's it's admitting that, you know, um, there are all sorts of different tastes out there. And And sometimes, thank God for that, too. If not, life would get boring. Yeah. Um, I know we've harped on about these things before, but um, I I just brought out a selection of tomatoes just to show how lucky we are uh, in Victoria. I've had a lot of uh, people from Sydney passing through on holidays, uh, a lot of Europeans. And when they see the selection of tomatoes, they think it's unbelievable. I do too. This is um, this is amazing. See, I've, I've got two varieties of flat, wrinkly black Russians. One's a softer one, one's a harder one. Yes. We've got round black Russians on the truss. 
Then we've got the Adelaide Tomato, the Rouge de Marmont. And then we've got these beautiful little cherry golden balls, uh, which are sweet and crunchy. And crunchy. And yeah, crunchy. I was feeling them when I came in. They've got some texture to it. And this thing, hang about, there's, there's another one that you bring in. This, this is a Quara di Buio Oxheart. This looks like a San Mar... San Mar... San Mar... Yes, San Masano. San Masano. Uh, yeah, but a different tomato because the San Masano is more pulp and sugar. Yes. And this is sweet too, but not as sweet and juicy as a San Masano. So this, this is, is an Oxheart. This is actually a salad tomato rather than a sauce-making yeah, tomato. Yeah, when they're half-green, they're exceptional. Nice and juicy, vibrant colour, vibrant flavour. Mm. Uh, when they're red, beautiful, and make bacon, eggs and tomatoes. <gasps> oh, my God, bacon, eggs and Oh, my God, that's what I want right now. Tomorrow morning, I'm, I using, might. I'm using these uh, flat, soft ones that are a week old. I've got some juicy ones I hid away, mm. and they are going to be magic. The colour and the flavour. Is that, going with, is that going with a bit of bakey? A little bit of bakey. A little bit of bakey. I've got to be bad yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you've got to be bad. And then we've inspired me yeah, to be bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. not? And then we got the Romo, the Samasana. Yeah. This is not the teardrop variety. This is the harder uh, variety, but still very, very nice. Makes a brilliant salad. Makes a brilliant sauce. Yes. And we're still dealing with our Murray Bridge tomatoes. People keep saying, where are the local tomatoes? They are coming. They're wait. you just got to wait. This is an interesting colour, though, isn't it? You've got... Yeah, yeah. These are deep sort of red, variegated with a bit of green. I'm holding up the ones we were just talking about. Um, and But this is sort of like, yeah, a really interesting red. Um, how would you describe that red, John? It's... Um a pinky orangey red. It looks like a Ferrari red that yeah. they used to, to uh, race around it's in. It's not really that vivid blood red that we get no. out of the ripe tomatoes because it's a little bit on the greener side, you see. Yeah, yeah. And but it's what a big what a... green too. So there it is. I mean, there is just an incredible variety of tomatoes in front of us and that's one of the great things. If you're going to say why you come to the market, first of all, you've got people like John pointing their finger at you going, what are you doing that for? <laughs> um, but you do. You get this incredible variety of produce that... Look at that. That's just and then great. I'd like to remind you that this is a winter crop, not even a yes, summer crop. Yes, yes. So these were growing when it was cold, mm. when it was wet. So you can imagine when the sun shines out there and they're going to grow all these out in a field, mm. how beautiful it's going to be. Yeah. And then we get in and we make the sauces and the chutneys and the kasundi and the pasta sauce and uh, anything else with the tomatoes. We make spaghetti bowl and all that stuff that through winter that we have to think about it before we do it. I love that. And because you know what's really interesting about just that statement you made is that you have this one... Um, one type of, of fruit, because that's what a tomato is. And yet, there's all these traditions and recipes that are spread all around the world that use this thing. Yes, and, and I you, think... And you can dip into those traditions to to make flavours and tastes and, and great dishes at home. It's definitely, and I think it doesn't matter what nationality or where we come from originally, um, we can't live without tomatoes. It's part of our staple. It is. Maybe even more than rice and wheat these days. I'd say you're right. I'd say you're right. Um, one thing I want to mention is the fact that there are some extraordinary Victorian strawberries around. Have you seen the huge ones? I think, yeah. My mum says, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, they're a big strawberry, two bucks each. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a lot bigger than a chicken egg, maybe even bigger than a duck egg. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that they have different growing techniques. Uh, a lot of these things are grown hydroponically even some in soil, but mm. the beds up high, they're not in the ground. The soil beds are maybe a metre off the ground, yeah. and all these beautiful plants are hanging over the side. Mm. Now, with the beautiful nutrients of the soil and good water, mm. they grow, and because they're hanging down the side, gravity works as well, and they're yeah. sucking up all the beautiful nutrients and water, and they grow bigger and bigger. Yeah. Some are hydro and they're pumped a little bit. Yes. Uh, we'll leave that alone because you know what I like talking about hydro stuff. Yeah, I agreed completely. But some of those strawberries are so nice, and then you get the natural ones that are growing out in the field. Mm. Um, there's the traditional Victorian one with a white top, yes. but beautiful flavour. And then you get the beautiful big dark red ones. Oh yeah. And then you get the American varieties. I don't know all the names because there's just so many of them. Yes. Beautiful and tasty. Now now's the time to jump on them. They're coming down in price every day. When it's hot, you'll get. Dime a dozen. Yeah. And use your nose. Your, nose, your nose is the thing that's going to tell you if a strawberry is something exceptional. 
if you're getting in the punnets and you can and you're allowed to, turn it upside down with the little holes there, have a little sniff, and that will tell you how good that strawberry is and whether or not you should take it home. Agreed? Agreed, because that's the beauty of our job. You know, we walk yeah. into the market floor, and sometimes I can smell the mangoes, I can even smell the tomatoes yeah, coming yeah. in the door. And you feel alive and you say, oh, I have to have these tomatoes, you know. And And that's why I've got so many varieties this week. And I'm taking it that you can smell the mangoes because they seem to be absolutely... It's an early peak, it seems. It is, it is. I uh, got into trouble the other night because I had uh, four or five on a platter in the kitchen. And uh, after dinner, we had chopped watermelon served. And I said, yeah, lovely, but I want a mango. And I got told I was already overindulging... And I said, well, I want to go that a little bit further. And we did. With a little smile and a wink, no doubt. And you're able to charm your way out of that one. Um, let's look at some of the uh, the heroes. we better get a move on. Um, stone fruit. Um, stone fruit started a- up, but still slow. Apricots have come in. Apricots, $8 I a ate kilo. some. They were lovely yesterday. But the stone fruit's a little bit greener. Yeah, Maybe another week. Wait. But buy one. Killer satisfaction. Mum bought some yesterday. They were a little bit green. Mm. Sammy, the little Vietnamese girl that's working for me, she can't help herself. She bit into one, mm. Ugh, but she still ate it. <laughs> a little bit tart, it's but just, it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's an abundance out there of kiwi fruit, two different colours. Um, the mangoes, what I got on two for four fifty and even less. Yeah. Uh, peaches, three. Bigger peaches, seven to eight dollars. Cherries are here. Cherries starting slow. A lot of. Um, Smaller, softer berries. Gee, they're late, aren't they? They are late. But they got a hiding. Don't forget it was yeah. windy and raining and hot a couple of days. They're yeah. a delicate, delicate fruit. If, you, if the, the water's coming down, the rivers was the tears from the cherry growers. Definitely. As they, as yes. they, it would be. I'm, yes. I'm making light of it, but you would have, it would have been terrible watching your crops split on the trees because that's what they do don't they when they, they do and um, when I was small we went out into the Sylvan Hills and I saw the hail devastate the farm mm. and I saw the farmer in the market the week after and I said what do you think well what do you think I lost a million dollars worth of cherries in half a, half a minute we'll wow. pick up our socks and keep going so you know that's their life so cherries. get out there try a few cherries yep. there's um, plenty of navel orange plenty of Valencia and you see in navels um Half a dozen varieties of, of um, not half a dozen, two or three varieties of pineapples over there that Jenny's mm. got. Watermelon's a little bit Watermelon, dear, but it's, yeah, but it's, but it's, but it's tasting always great. worth it. Yeah, eating. exactly. That's what I hey, hey, wait for it, wait for it. Yeah, so, you know, what else? What else? Asparagus. Asparagus. Yeah, they're going to peter out, so get in and have a, a big feed this week. Yep. <coughs> and you can do it as complicated or as simple as you want. One of my favourites as we talk, steamed. A um, little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt, a little bit of parmigiano on top. No, that's very good for you. A very hey, healthy meal. Hey, I've done okay. You've done okay. Thank you. Yes. Um, Thank you. And, and they're beautiful. We've got export uh, quality asparagus, stuff yep. that they would have sent to Japan. Mm. There's no white stuff on the bottom, so you don't have to snap them. Just cut the bottom bit off yep. and uh, deal with it anyway. I like even an asparagus omelette's magic. Yeah. Broccoli... Went down to two two fifty kilos, gone back up a little bit, another fifty sixty cents, but still very very cheap and good to take home because of just the incredible nutrition of broccoli mm. and its uh, cancer fighting properties too. Definitely, we all complain about broccoli, but if we stop and think about it, it tastes good. It's fine and it's crunchy and it's yeah, pretty. Put some chili. Now the little kids say they want a little bit of tree on their plate and they get a little bit of broccoli. It's beautiful, you know. <laughs> it's nice to listen to them say that. Yep. Um, pumpkin's very good at the moment as well and cheap, less than $2 a kilo Um, last night uh, the kids chopped it up, put it in the oven and put it on top of a pizza base with garlic (gasps) tomatoes, cheese and they were satisfied with the snack yeah, that's a snack? yeah, a snack so you know, for them to do pumpkin on top, which they don't normally eat Mm. is adventurous all right, and also got to mention that um, Australian garlic is uh, is happening. That's good. Summary: It's all good. It's all happening. Stone fruit, maybe just a little bit of caution um, on that sort of stuff. Um, everything else is, is everything just looking else. incredible. Avos down, pears cheap. Yeah. You know, we've got an abundance of everything, so you can't say that um, it's hard to think about what you want to eat for the week. So mm. get in, have a look, pick out whatever you like, go home, cook up a storm.
Good advice as always, John. Hey, I'm going to make it uh, back to the studio because uh, Danny Valence waiting, hopefully, and uh, we'll see you there. And I'm having a cup of coffee. Have a good one. Did you have a piece of crossley? I will. Okay, we started with a crossley. We'll finish with a crossley. The circle is complete. Thank you. You Bye. made my day. I'm going. Bye. Bye. That's next week, Cameron. <laughs> yes. Whack it in your calendar if you haven't got it already. First Sunday of December is, of course, Barbecue Day at Triple R. We'll be down there at Series uh, doing what we do with the Triple R Barbecue Orchestra. No, the Melbourne Barbecue Orchestra. Indeed. And have we got a menu for you for Eat It for uh, for that hour? We've got uh, on entrees, we've got Alessandro Saravia from Pastuzzo, and he's going to be talking about ceviche and pisco. Yes. Uh, which would be great. And then main course, uh, Mike Patrick from Fancy Hanks, who's mm. recently opened up in Burke Street, uh, going to give him some love, and he's going to give us some love and talk about the evolution of the barbecue from uh, from a plate uh, heated from underneath with with chump chops just burning away <laughs> to to where we've come to today, which is uh, is so much more. And then um, that, uh, that rascally uh, Jesse Gurner from Bomber and around the place is mm. uh, going to provide good times, magic marinade and vermouth to go with the uh, the pastuto pizzo mm-hmm. and I think we're going to have a things called the, the Il Capitanos but uh, yeah, so Matt and I are going to be taking a tram. <laughs> yes, we're not going to be driving and That's nor, right. nor should you get the 96 to Barbecue Day. Taking a tram 12.49 here on 3 Triple R. Can I look at my guest now Matt? You may. I of can. course. This is uh, the producer. What he says goes Danny. <laughs> Danny Valant um, uh, the the cook, the writer, the eater uh, around the place. Someone All those who things. someone who wears so many hats and wears them with such a plomb and so well. Why? It's thank you. Wonderful to have you on. Albeit hatless today, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you've got your, the 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 broadcasting hat on, and it's good to have you here. Um, you've got a book open in front of it. It's like you were going to read and the reading from... The sermon today it is... It is the sermon from Stephanie. <laughs> the sermon is from Stephanie Alexander and she's got a new book out which I brought along with me because mm. we're going to talk about entertaining at home and Stephanie's new book is called... How to be entertaining at home. Yes. <laughs> definitely involves lots of hats and swapping yes. them. Uh, no, Stephanie's new book is called The Cook's Table and it's a book of menus uh, for entertaining at home. And oh. I mean, I, I, I wanted to talk about cooking at home, not just because I've got an entertaining book out next year yes. but because it's just i'm just you just wonder like you look at the cafes and the restaurants and they're full and you think no and one the, no one's eating at home and the 22 dollars smashed avocados which are selling who who okay let's uh, just let's, move on let's uh, not the, go there. let's got snagged up on that yep let's not get caught up nope, in, in, nope, your, in your it. pain no. your 22 dollar pain there what? Um, so and but then you see the bikes like the delivery bikes or the uber eats like oh, you know, vehicles going around and that. you think well is anyone eating out uh. just i guess the main thing you get to take from it is that people are eating and they're doing it in all kinds of different ways but is anyone actually cooking at home yeah. and inviting people over to share it those beautiful kitchens are they silent yeah, that's Silent it. kitchen. Does any, yeah, do yeah. any dishes ever get, get put get in the put sink in. or yeah. is it all just takeaway containers? Yeah. Uh, but however, there are lots of recipes out there and, you know, people are buying food from markets. We've got the great market report. So yeah. I guess, I guess what we're going to take from it is that it's all going on. It's all going on at once. And if we're not entertaining at home, we should be and we shouldn't be scared. Yes, it'd be great to pick those socks up off the floor, right? As I say to my oh, kids. Oh, yeah, okay, yes, but yes, it's fine. So you don't have to turn your um, your house into a showroom. You don't have to get a uh, a stylist in to uh, to advise before you have a dinner party. No, you definitely Relax. don't. Relax. Come on. I, by the if you're inviting people over, you're already way ahead of the game. People are already grateful and excited, and yeah. you can make it super easy. Yes. So one one way that you can make it really easy is to do something. It's is to invite people to bring to come, but also to bring stuff. Yeah, inclusion. Like what about the cheese night? And Every, help. Everyone brings a, a cheese. Ooh. Maybe a wine that goes with it. Yes. All you need to provide is, let's say, some crudite, some, you know, cut up vegetables. What, what rude comments? Oh, crudite. <laughs> not crudities, right. Yes, okay. You, you can provide the, the crude. Yeah. Not, not my crudities. <laughs> um, I'm just going to do some crudities. Yeah. No, crudites. Yes. A, a good music playlist, some yeah. wine, some glasses, yeah. and, you know, maybe some nuts. And some place for the kids to play in. Totally. And with nothing sharp. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just keeps the sharp knives on the table for the cheese. Yeah. And you're sorted. And you're already having a good time. 
So uh, what you're saying is that um, don't be frightened to um, to invite some people over for the conviviality of having people over. And a dinner party doesn't have to be such a drag. I mean, what was it? Who was it talking about? Uh, Jill Duplex. Oh, yeah. Jill Duplex talking about, you know, the 80s when they would do, they did a dinner party where they were peeling grapes for, I don't know, a salt veronique or something okay. like that. And and peeling each individual grape and then tweezers to take out the seeds and saying, we're never having a dinner party again in our lives because that was just a nightmare. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be that hard. And indeed, I was just reading one of Stephanie's recipes before. I think it was for a trout with verjuice and and grapes, and in her her list of ingredients, she does say grapes peeled if desired. But then in her comments, Dreaming. she says, "I never peel the grapes." Ah, uh, so Stephanie, that's why we she, love her. If Stephanie's not peeling grapes, then I'm not peeling yeah. grapes either. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I, I think um, brunch is a great one. Oh yeah, brunch is easy. Good and a good excuse for elevenses. Elevenses are always good. Yes. So buy some bagels, get some smoked salmon, get some cream cheese, and some grapes oh, if you like. And maybe a bottle of Moe if you can afford it. <laughs> Absolutely. Champagne uh, and smoked salmon. DIY Dude. smashed avo. <laughs> yes, do it yourself. It's not hard, folks. <laughs> it's not technical. So no. Yeah, it's easy. Matt, sh- can we? I, I want to bring in Stedman here. Matt Stedman, to him. Have you ever smashed an avocado? Yes. Yeah, it's not hard, is it's it? It's very, very easy. It takes about 30 seconds with some lemon, salt and pepper. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't cost $20, nor take a generation out of the housing market. And uh, over to you, if you were going to put some magic fairy dust on that smashed avocado, would you add anything to that or just keep it like that? I mean, I love the simplicity of a beautiful avocado, and it is about beautiful mm. produce. But mm. certainly the sprinkle of spice never goes astray. So the old dukkah or some yeah. Aleppo pepper or some chili flakes, I think all those things are good with avocado. Turn it a bit Mexican, whack a bit of coriander in it or something like we that. You totally do that. So, Totes. Yep, coming in fennel. $22. So. Stop it! <laughs> just stop it! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think we need an intervention here okay. with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that, that's good. So, um, uh, dinner party. First of all, this book. Who's published this book? Is that uh, Penguin Lantern? Penguin. So, I think you know oh, the, w- the upmarket penguin. It's beautiful. It's a lovely book. It's yeah. a substantial hardcover. It's got, I think, t- mm, a couple of dozen different menus, twenty-five yes. themed menus, and it's got. I love this book because it's got a list of ingredients. So it's got your shopping list there, mm, and it's got your day plan. So She's it's the best. Yeah, it's great. So a week week ahead, um, you know, uh, think about this. Two days before, ordered the wine. Really? Just, you know, it's really, it's very laid out. It's even got um, an hour before guests arrive, do this, do that, get changed. Get changed. Stephanie, she's on your side. So she's making it so easy for us. And I think it, it is all about preparation. It is, it is all about getting that mise en place, getting those things done ahead so that you're not stressed. And there are so many easy one-pot meals you could just have in the oven for like four hours. Um, t- test the wine. They're get the it all, best. You know. I mean, if you're going to do a dinner party, that's, I reckon, the way you want to... If you get really freaked out about, you know, having to run around and like a chook without a head... Yeah. Um, in the thing... The one pot dish in the oven that you can just pull out and go, ta-da, maybe all you've got to do is dress the salad that's, that's been it. waiting. That's all you've got to and do. That's, and that's in the fridge. And it's all, got a bit of the glad wrap there and you just pull it. it off and everyone goes, oh my God, you're amazing. And without doubt, someone that arrives will say, what can I do to help? Well, they can dress the salad. Yeah. Yeah, they can do it. What could possibly go wrong? And I'll tell, I'll tell you the only secret that you need. What? Chorizo. Put it in, whatever <laughs> you've got in the oven, put a bit of chorizo in it. Flavor. It's the magical pig wand. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That sounds good. But make sure you get decent chorizo because uh, there are chorizo and then there are chorizo. I got sucked in by uh, uh, shopping under a certain fluorescent light, shall we say. Yeah. And their own under fluorescent light brand. Oh, yeah. Man, that was they were the worst things I've ever had. It was like a sawdust sausage with a paprika... No. Thing no. waved over the top. That is Awful. not that is not your magic ingredient. That uh, is not the one that you want. No, that that is that is not. Steer well clear. Yeah, yeah. So um twelve fifty seven, um podcast. 
Yeah. Go on. So free. This is a handball, free kick. What have you been doing? Who you been talking to in your sensational oh. podcast? You've been doing. Uh, so I think you might be talking about my website. But oh well, okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like it's You're a great free kick. But um, splitting hairs. Okay, so I've got this subscription cooking uh. website called DannyValentCooking.com. Oh, is that yeah. what we're talking about, Cam? So I've got some great guests on there. Is that my handball? All I'm doing is giving you opportunity, <laughs> Danny. Take it. Sorry for scooping Do it up it so clumsily. So some of my recent guests have been Shane Delia doing a beautiful cauliflower hummus with spiced beef. Absolutely killer, mm. delicious, simple ingredients. So special, so beautiful. Nice. Yeah, we're cooking it at home. Uh, ben Shuri's done a couple of recipes on Ooh, the side. Bringing out the big guns. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just filmed something with Gelato Messina up in Sydney where I, we collaborated on a cooking class. What makes them so special? You know what? It's an amazing business. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing that they've done that's really special. What? And you should get them in to talk about it one day. They bought dairy farms. They bought dairy farms? Yeah, so Messina Milk. Really? Yeah, coming that's at a, us. That's a thing. They, well, it's like they're using so much yeah. that they are controlling that whole supply line. And I think if you're – they're Victorian dairy farms. Uh, they bought a nut farm in Victoria as well. So I just think it's amazing when you have a business that starts with a couple of guys making gelato mm. and then it turns into this, you know, paddock to cone and, situation. And dare I say it, the, the great thing is they are not price takers, are they? Price takers? Yeah, because that's the, one of the terrible things about, you know, the um, the sad things about the dairy industry is that for a lot of them they have to be price takers because of right, right. The, what the cooperative sets. The, it's a collaborative, like apparently Correct, the yeah. farmers are excited and thrilled and they know where their product's going so they can create it to spec and I think it's really exciting. Is it expensive to subscribe to your site? Uh, no. It's really great value. How much? Uh, <laughs> Quantify, please. $89 a year yeah. or $19 a month. Um, so, okay. yeah, it's really good value for what you get. That about sounds 50, great. 50 great videos and me. 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, and you, of course. <laughs> DannyValentCooking.com. Yeah, well, hello. Um, all right, we need to uh, to move on because time marches on in radio. Sure does. Sure does, and it goes so quick um, because we've got coming up Plonk for the last time. The, for a while. They're already drinking wine over there. Of course they are. They're They've just gotten stuck in. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you in the next hour coming up, Kate McIntyre and her quiet dog, uh, Barney Flanders and the sensational Matt Harrop from Shadow Facts. Big friend of Triple R. Shadow Facts, we love them down there. Friend of Triple R. Supporter of Triple R. Supporter mm-hmm. of Friend. Anyway, uh, before we do, also remember this is the great afternoon of entertainment. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Because after that, we've got JVG. And after that, um, we're going to have, uh, well, a strange holiday. Why would you want to miss that? Under the Sun, John Finale, and then Where You Is. Don't leave us, because we're here for you. And uh, we really enjoy it. Thank you, Danny, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Always fun. Always good. And Stephanie Alexander, that book is... And she will save you. Matt, you've saved us as... See you guys next week at Barbecue Day. Come on down and uh, join the fun. Be good. Bye. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.